In this episode of 502 Radio, Seth and I have a chat with the founders of Brilliant Brilliant Unicorn. What started as friends making their own cycling jerseys has evolved into technical, design-led cycling clothing that is stocked internationally. They also own and operate one of the best hotels we've ever visited, Hotel and Brilliant Grand. We talk all things design, menswear and great life choices. A big thank you to Marv, Winnie and the BBUC team for taking care of us in Vienna. Give them a follow on Instagram at bbuc underscore co. We would also like to thank the Austrian Tourist Board for the opportunity. Das ist 502 So, what's like your most favorite things you own? Like, is there one item if your house was on fire, you would go and rescue it from your burning home? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's quite easy. I would rescue my cats first, but <laughs> probably die trying it because they hide, and so it's a problem. Vito and my, so my boy and my girl, and Oscar, of course. So my two boys. And then, and then after those super important things, is there like so like take take away like anything that's work related like your hard drive your computers my bike your loved ones okay, okay your bike right <laughs> so what what bike is it and what makes it so special what what what's your baby what is it Alvito uh, you're the baby <laughs> okay it's my Fesca Scalatora and it's designed by Winnie and um, yeah it's like super the build up is a little bit super fancy Campagnolo Super record EPS, NV wheels, and so on. All these fancy things. You know. Only, only top level shit. Yeah. I couldn't go for the Ferrari. No. <laughs> Get the second best thing. Yeah. How about you? So apart from the cats, which are the love. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like my girlfriend would make it out of the the flat by herself. So. Yeah. She said the cats Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like we would like probably get like totally scratched. Yeah. But like take this apart. If they wouldn't be there, I don't know, it would be probably like a computer yeah. because like bikes are too hard to handle. And yeah, 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 that's quite big on actually. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I thought about it a couple of times already because like, what, are you, what do you take? But in this moment, I have no idea. Fair probably enough. it's like making sure that you have some clothes on and maybe like have a passport or a computer but that's it yeah. or maybe it's just the phone because it's already a computer so another thing i forgot to mention as well when you guys speak we're going to give it a bit of a, like a, bit of a delay yeah because we don't cut it i forgot about it that it's a podcast also <laughs> no, I, you, I didn't even yeah. think about that that's like oh jesus i should stop talking shit no, that's, no, that's no, what we want. We really? want more shit talking. Yeah. Honestly, we're not yeah. like super polished monocle with a yeah, yeah, sure. similar style but in a different, okay. different way. Of going. So if I would run out with my bike, yeah. I would probably run back because I don't know, would get back my pictures mm -hmm. while I'm like paintings or. or so and then you start you start thinking oh gosh and that my favorite sweater and yeah, oh exactly. yo, gosh and I, you never get this sweater again that's and the I thing so that's, that's the <laughs> thing we're referring to so like for example there's like a vintage jacket that I got and I know for a fact I'll never be able to find it again even if like I gave it to a tailor and had the similar fabric I won't get it created again like with like artwork for example if you're a particular like graphic designer or artist or photographer yeah. Got work printed and framed, and you're like, This is, this is like, 
I probably would bring, if I run back, I would come back with two suitcases. One is like all my art pieces and the other is like all my, 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 my clothes because most of them are really old and when I buy stuff I try yeah. to keep it as long as possible and it always has a certain history, even it, either it's my jacket or, or my sweater. Yeah, or it's our first prototype that we've ever made. It always has this. I always have a kind of relation to to stuff that I own. Yeah. Yeah. So where does it like relationship to like inanimate objects? Yeah. So where does it think about it? Like, what, what was the first prototype you guys made? <coughs> you watched it. What did it look like? Can you remember? I think it was the all white jersey, just yeah. like a fabric test. And like back then, we were pretty stoked about it because it already felt all right. And afterwards, it all got very bad. So, <laughs> like the next prototype were just shittier and shittier. Yeah, long story. And if I if I look back, it's like a, a nylon bag, <laughs> a stretchable nylon bag, a plastic sucker, because it was so. Super, super oh, thick yeah, and yeah. hot and didn't like let the sweat out and stuff. It was, yeah. I think I saw the photos on the, on the Tumblr a while ago. Yeah. Is it real shoot of that? Maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, now like because in the beginning we had this idea like trying to make a cycling jersey as simple as possible and like like Marvin always had like a good comparison like your favorite t-shirt. Like just a good fabric and a good fit and it works. But the problem is, like, it's simply not working for a jersey to make it out of just one piece of fabric. So you have to go there, you have to, like, modify parts of it. It's simply a technical product, it's not a t-shirt. So that's also, like, this is, like, something that is just hard about cycling. Because, like, wearing a t-shirt that is a little bit, like, more comfy is great as long as you're not on a bicycle but the moment you're on a bicycle and you have like pockets that like how would you say you don't want to have a pocket Saggy. party a pocket party yeah it's I a mean, problem you, you know this thing probably that you might owe this kind of simple white t-shirt at home you wash it several times it's really soft you just every time you wear it it's like oh that's me it's nothing super particular, special, but it's a white t-shirt. The fit is good, it feels good, it's soft. And you can wear it every day. And of course, some of them are brands, like if it's a Acne t-shirt or Mason Manchala t-shirt, they always have something. There is something special, even if it's just a white plain t-shirt. But compared to an AA t-shirt or something else, there is a difference. And this philosophy we wanted to put on a jersey that was our first idea to put on a jersey a plain white cheese jersey without any techy techy stuff on it that works but yeah comf comfortness and functionality and aesthetic together is even if it's just a plain white jersey so where would you get the where would you get the inspiration from what was the main like catalyst to be like the, the first thing we're going to do is going to be like a simple white jersey was it based on the white t-shirt, was it based on the white D color at the moment, No, it's more about like cycling being like all over with logo types everywhere and a lot of jerseys, especially team jerseys, are like quite ugly just because like you have to put the logo of a certain sponsor on, sponsor on there and most of them are not looking good. 
I mean, it's not like in soccer where you have so much like money behind that one team is just sponsored by one sponsor and maybe this is like such a like big brand that has a good corporate identity and somehow it looks okay. Like like the really bigger teams in cycling now more or less have just like one sponsor like Education First, uh, India's former Sky. Like so these kind of things like look okay but like for like 99% and cycling little local teams it looks like whatever and yeah so like this just white jersey was like optimized for summer so it's just white and um, no logos on there so it already got a lot of attention just because there was nothing on there so in cycling this is something that rarely happens I mean like these days a little bit more but like before then, there was something on there all the time. And in terms of actually developing the product itself into like a technical garment, apart from kind of work testing it yourself, what other kind of product feedback did you get? Was it from friends? Was it from work testing? The first feedback in the beginning? I think the feedback was quite good, but like um, we simply had like different expectations. Like we are never satisfied with things like that. So when we are not okay with something like uh, the fabric for like pockets or something, and we want to make sure like that that the pockets are holding up something, so the moment in that moment you have to change it. So for example, this white jersey would be perfect if you don't put anything in the pockets. But like. We were always like a little bit like we want to have as little like distracting stuff as possible on a bicycle. So there has to be a certain amount of things in pockets, like if it's like a spare tube or a pump or stuff like that, or your phone. And like, as we always were like totally against saddlebags, even if this like is stupid. But like you have a beautiful bicycle and you put this backpack kind of on there, it's a little bit ah. Uh. And so yeah. In our case, pockets need to perform, and like this is something for every road cyclist kind of knows. But of course, the feedback in the beginning was other brands are much better, and we figured out okay, we're trying to invent the wheel again, and we did everything by our own, the pockets, the zips, and everything, and then we just figured out that most of the brands out there produce probably at the same factory for everyone, for every well-known brand, brand we know. And everything what they have is a different approach in cycling, a different attitude on their design and the, and the brand, of course, and different prices. Like, then you just figure out how curious this whole business is, actually. And then we said, okay, then let's work as well with these companies. And then we added our knowledge or our intention on, on, this, on this production. And more or less we're almost there or we're getting there where we want to be and have now a jersey where even the feedback is now okay guys now before you were a brand who were that was only cool and we thought you never had that uh quality and that you can keep up with other brands but now you have both you have the substance in your brand plus the product is now fits fits to the to the demands of our customers and for us of course too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you simply have to like uh, work with like specialized companies in these fields 
for cycling yeah. and like yeah Italian manufacturers are like more or less the best you can go overseas but then it just becomes a nightmare in terms of logistics and stuff like that and, and yeah made in Europe was always like important for us just because we're here and like like when you take like the Americans for example that always like do like made in USA and we are like a little bit fed up of this like blah blah so it, it all started actually that we just had this hotel team right and we produced our first jerseys through Coare which is a Swiss company who just takes over your design and we choose the model and the line blah blah and they put it on so the people started to ask okay can we buy this as well and then so we produced more we took a little bit cash flow from the from the hotel and uh, made some experience uh, made some experiments to say okay let's order let's say 100 and let's see if they sell and then all of a sudden we sold all of them and we said okay let's do one more step and produce our own jersey without a logo of core and, and so on and so on and then we we met through friends or friends of us who were Wendy and Jim I don't know if you're familiar with Wendy and Jim Wendy and Jim uh, were um, former students of Helmut Lang she was actually the only female student of Helmut Lang and they like by the around 1997 to 2000 beginning of the 2000 they were on the Vogue cover in Paris and so they were like the designer of Vienna a lot of people and some insiders say that okay they did 20 years ago exactly the same thing what that Ma is doing today they saw our business and they looked at this core just and said hey this is easy we can do this too and that's how we started to say okay let's do our own jersey and so we started to do with them the first jersey the first white jersey and as well a bib but with the bib after one and a half year developing a bib you know doing changes sending it back getting back the prototype changing again after one and a half years I said hey come on we look like Borat in this pants we need to skip this project bibs because it's not gonna work it and then yeah we found other companies production companies who are specialized in this and then we figured okay that's how other brands do it. I mean, all the big brands, all the big names, they all do it in the same factory. Yeah. Now yeah. they just dump the prices and take this finished product and go to Asia and produce it there. And then to have a bigger margin. And oh man. Yeah, it's crazy. Could you talk more, more a bit on the hotel side of things? So you said there's, there was a team. Mm -hmm. yeah. were, was it a team or was it more like friends getting together for a Sunday ride? Or so, I took over the hotel nine years ago, started running this place and um, I started to cycle as well and then I had a mechanic who was fixing my bike, who's also, who was, who's also a friend of Christian and one day it started to rain and they were on a group ride, the unicorns, that's how the uh, group was called. He said, yeah, let's go to this one place we can leave our bikes there and have a coffee and a drink and so on and that's how we met actually and I saw Christian going around making pictures and like, what the hell is he doing here <laughs> and then I saw his block and then I figured out okay he got a certain aesthetic a certain eye for something and then we started to talk and hey do you know this brand and do you know that brand and yeah do you know their videos oh yeah they're cool and, and then yeah he was still working in the agency yeah 
Yeah, we we were doing like um, like focused on fixed gear riding like ten years ago, eleven years ago, like uh, just group rides. Yeah, sure, Mesh FS. Yeah, I bought one of the first frames. Okay. Still have it. Not riding it anymore. Was that pre Tinelli? No, it was Tinelli, oh, okay. but like the gray one, the original yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And like it's, it's like totally fucked up and dented and everything. Like well, well we done. raced in Milan, like Rato Crits and stuff oh, nice. like that. I mean, like not successfully because well, back then nice. it was fun. Now it's too serious. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like 10, 11 years ago, like we started like this little group called Unicorn, just like Unicorn, like fixed gear, like one gear, like have one horn. So it was like a very stupid kind of thing like around this and also because cycling is so serious road cyclists and like fixed gear riding was always a little bit against these kind of things so the first bib shots had like uh, like a huge like unicorn logo on the on the ass simply and people were upset when you take took them over like on the Danube island with just like a track bike and they were like what the fuck is going on and it was just like a little yeah, it was just like fixed gear riding was like 10 years ago. And yeah, and as Marvin said, like it was raining, we were on a group ride and we met here. And afterwards, like we, we were like, yeah, but these like group rides, it's all fine. But we got more into road cycling and like also in cyclocross. So uh, we started like uh, our so-called like amateur team, which was called like Brilli Brilliant Unicorn Racing Dream. Because like well, we are not, yeah. we are, we will never, never be like serious, like real <coughs> serious racing people, kind of. Just because and amateur sport in 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 Austria is difficult because there are not so many categories. So you more or less race with like people that are actually on elite level but not good at elite. So they go back to amateur and you stand there with people who train 20 hours a week or more. So what can you do? Even if you're like pretty fit, you still not. And even enough. if you start now, you can't and keep up with that. Yeah, that's the thing. So we made like this unicorn uh, called Bird jerseys and um, started kind of racing amateur races. Some of our of the people like took it a little bit more serious, which was okay. So like one of our friends got like uh, amateur time trial uh, champion. Of, of Austria which was simply fun because like he was standing on the podium like with a long beard and next to him like simply like serious racing people and he simply looked quite cool in there and they had all these idiot sponsor logos on and we made like a special skin suit for him and shit like that so it was fun it was just fun it was just a fun project like the whole hotel thing and also and cyclocross I think was got like uh, third no, 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 Viennese, oh, state Vienna. champion, yeah. Yeah, but stuff like that. Anyway, it's not Top so important, ten. like it was just like fun to watch and to bring like a little bit of design and more good looking kids into cycling in the, on this local level that was just little satisfying. So And, and all yeah. this approach on cycling, this different approach on cycling, changing it, putting it a little bit in an ironic view, of course making it a little bit more aesthetic than the rest because for me I said when I started riding I said I'm never gonna shave my legs I'm never gonna wear these bibs never ever and yeah here I am shaved legs wearing bibs but even our barman Pamo he saw us like 
guys. <laughs> and now here we got what we got August and he got probably nine nine or ten thousand K already this year and rides so much of course shaved legs bibs and he's our barman and his name is Pamasonic and that's why we launched last year the Pamasonic jacket and we said hey we gotta bring out the jersey on your name it's like yeah 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 and we really did it so that was the Pamasonic joke on the because his name is Pamo. So what what happened is that through this different approach with this fun aspect we open a new door for non-cyclists especially people from our work from the creative field either designers film people like Flavio who's joining us today artists photographers because they said okay I want to do sports I want to I like that I like to take the bike especially here in Vienna like 15 minutes and you're out in the woods on your first climb I said yeah that's that's that could be a sport for me and they tried they just took a bike from us took some stuff and now they're biking every day with us and this is like our contribution right on cycling and on the society yeah, maybe. For, yeah. I mean like it's just like such a beautiful thing I mean like don't think of it as sports even if we like talk about having some weird racing teams or whatever like I mean like it's just part of the game and you try every little aspect of it so you also race but in the end it's just about like going out there riding in the woods coming back that's hanging it. out here having a beer having a good time and it's totally fine like take it as serious as you want to I mean like do it race go super fast on hills why not we're not against it I mean like we're doing it also but like we kind of know like that we will never be like super super fast and it doesn't matter and so whatever still like, we are having fun and like <laughs> hunting KOMs or good segments out there in Strava but it's just a fun point and like also lots a lot of other riders from here they, either they were skateboarding before or played other sports but or didn't know sports at all and this this approach brought so many people together like a really interesting mix of, of people that it was worth to say okay let's continue this thing and uh, let's see where it leads us and yeah now it's uh, obviously a serious it went to a serious business already apart from the hotel yeah. and so and what, what are your thoughts on a lot of the more like serious brands, both cycling, clothing and cycling, isn't that uh, performance cycling brands and the guys that are producing these products are like specialised, uh, giant, they've all got this like clubhouse feel, so like everyone pays to be a member. What are your thoughts on that? Because it it's kind of like forced fun in some it's, respects. Uh, how you call it in English? Gene manipulated? Gene manipulated? I think it's like... Uh, well, it would be gene manipulation, but I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. That phrase, it's yeah. probably an English phrase for it, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. Hmm. Like gene editing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm totally fine with it because cycling is like a, it's a club sport. So like, if you really want to do it like as a sport, yeah. you should like join a proper club. But in my opinion, these kind of things don't really exist here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, maybe okay. in the UK I mean like it's booming like crazy over there so total different kind of thing going on like it depends where it gets a job <coughs> and where it's still fun where it's still the, the fun part survives because 
even we figured out if we do group rides, you don't want to work for 25 other people who are joining a ride. It's cool if there are like 15, 20 people, but just because they're friends and they want to hang out with you. But if you have to take, if you have to take care of, each person has to take care of five people that they don't crash, that they keep up with you and so on. Then it's not a fun part anymore. And I think this is something where business and, and, and fun uh, 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 separates in its way. So you've done some stuff with uh, Dummy Mag. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on kind of doing similar sort of collab with other publications and music places around the world? So was there a reason as to why Dummy was the first magazine that you worked in? Was it just like a natural mm. fit? Do you know any friends there? Or? We had friends there, like Graham. Yep. And his friends with Paul. And Paul saw that we are doing this, that we are having this presenting this outdoor disco hashtag that we started five years ago and now we'll see plenty of other cyclists using this hashtag which was fun because um, we figured out the people get they get what, what we're thinking on cycling that's our ironic view you go out there you see the flickering sun through the woods and you dance on your bike stroking the palace and um, he liked that and yeah, they have this music platform and Winnie had this had the idea, hey, we want to make people dance, you want to make people dance, so. Yeah, I think like he saw the, the disco bibs we yeah. did and was like, like, he just liked it so much and that like, it was quite, quite like easy to hook up. So we always compare cycling with dancing because like as Marvin said, like sun flickering through tea, uh, trees, uh, same like when you're like on a dance floor and you have some laser whatever things like going on um, and also like this whole kind of thing that you go in a completely like different status I don't know yeah like I remember the first time exhausting. when I used the hashtag outdoor disco it was after a hard party night I was still we were still wearing Rafa stuff, like this super colorful your pink over socks and neon yeah. long sleeves. And I was like, Jesus, it was the same colors that I had, was wearing yesterday in the club. And I felt a little bit dizzy and then I saw the sun flickering through the trees and I was still, still dancing. And I just used this hashtag outer disco and yeah, since five, six years, people are using it. And they, it's fun, that's why we always have the disco bibs, the disco socks out the disco hashtag now with the beauty oh, yeah, yeah I mean like <coughs> everybody can kind of relate to this like even if you're not a cyclist but like if you know something about cycling and then also like pro cycling like the whole peloton so many feet are moving like and um, yeah everybody gets it like when you explain and that's like how we kind of ended up like with like a dummy magazine and like how we started this collaboration and so we like um well like yeah we don't want to just only repeat like disco kind of so invented our like based on topography like dance kind of thing from there so yeah that's it it's just like uh and it's another story and another reason to smirk if you people explained out the disco hashtag they never like they, they, they smirk yeah. they, they smile kind of they like it and they understand that everyone doesn't matter if you're a cyclist, non-cyclist, creative people, not creative, doesn't matter. Everyone gets it, even my mom. 
So I think that's a good thing about yeah. it. Yeah, it's really been... nice that the like light-hearted kind of ironic feel is really important to you guys. It's yeah, really cool. it has to be like this. Like cycling is already so serious. Like it's so much about pain, <laughs> and you're always like even if you go with more people you're always kind of lonely because you have to do it yourself I mean a group ride helps but only as long as you go flat and so we like we we try to remind the people that it's about having fun and smiling and if there's somebody with unicorn on his ass or dance on the back or disco on his leg people smile so this is a good thing and this kind of comes through with some new designs, so there's the, um, the national champs from like the fictional countries. Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about that and kind of where you get your inspiration from? Because the next collection you're watching next week. Yeah. Oh, no, no, the copycat council. But yeah. the fictional <coughs> nation concept is the basic idea of the whole designs, which we need invented through the, the environment of the hotel as well. Yeah, we like always like try to, or like I compared like the hotel to like an airport kind of thing because this is a kind of a neutral zone. You have people from all over the world and nobody really cares where you're from or not. Or this is not like a big deal, right? We are all like humans on this planet and we should like react like this. So that's how we uh, kind of try to interpret it like this these weird things that are going on that some people at some point said there are borders this belongs to me this doesn't you're from there I don't like you or like you have dark skin yellow skin whatever uh, I'm scared like this is all bullshit <laughs> that of focusing on differences focusing on commonalities yeah and like cycling unites so many people just be doing it together so why not and like um, just from very yeah design oriented point of view like a cyclist is a pretty small kind of object on the road so like taking flags and like a grid of a flag as a design grid or concept of uh, for like almost all bbuc jerseys and designs uh was just like a good thing because like we could like or i could de design very um yeah easy to spot kind of things and yeah we have it all over like it's in the hotel in every room there's like a fictional flag if you want to and like you can interpret it like you want to maybe you see some Russian influences maybe not maybe it's total off because no country in the world uses these colors and that's like the idea of the fictional nation concept which is also like a design grid of all or like most of the jerseys like even if you don't have flags there like type is orientated by this but this is graphic blah blah so but the message empathizes as well of course the hotel's philosophy that really it's a neutral zone doesn't matter where you come from doesn't matter which age you are doesn't matter which background you have somewhere there are common commonalities in between us and then we do things together with either it's in the kitchen or in a reception or a hotel guest it's easy. If you look down there, you see like young people, then you see the older people, the parents of friends of mine, so, and then you see oh, the grandma visiting her grandchild who's studying in Vienna, and then you see the DJ next to it sitting there. And this kind of mixture, this is what it's about BBC. We have no category. We are not categorizing people who should wear it. 
and we were really open and it's for everyone I think who said it? a friend of us said yeah the new cool is the, for everyone is the new cool so what are your thoughts on, on Vienna as like a creative hub for young people would you say it's relatively higher than you kind of like the, if you were to rank places in Europe or is there would you say it's lacking in some respects and there's things that could be I think uh, better prioritised with regards to kind of resource it's under uh, underestimated I think somehow for some and some aspects and some people and, and, and communities it's very well known I think especially our um, the the photograph community photography community scene is really strong we have a lot of good photographers here in Vienna and but also uh, painters and other visual artists I think yeah, of course like like every other city we still also have a certain reputation and some people to represent in terms of if you compare how many people live here and how many people live in Paris for instance the relation is still interesting if you see what they get for attention internationally yeah I don't know you can't compare it to Berlin London or you can or you can't you, you can't no, no. like I mean like but this is the thing about Austria it's just like it, it always has like this feel of being so far behind in so many things it depends in which direction I think <coughs> I think it depends if you if you di diversify between applied arts or if you say if, if you because you have a couple of artists who are really internationally well known and then you have other uh, how do you call that um, segment yeah. where we cannot compete at all with international levels like Paris, London, New York. Just just compare the schools, they like St. Martin's School, School of Visual Art in New York and so on. We don't have this here in Vienna. Pretty much done everything that I wanted to cover, so <laughs> the design, background, where you guys are from. Yeah, I mean like when you compare like something that is similar maybe Switzerland to Austria yeah. and then you look at graphic design and it's like what the fuck like something happened here but yeah it's like the World War II where nothing happened so like they simply developed so much in this kind of time where everything here like stood still kind of but like for us it's not actually it's not important if it's like Vienna or Austria or something else it doesn't matter at all because like we talk about fictional nations so why yeah. should we like I mean like we are somewhere on this planet and this happens to be Vienna but it's not like oh my god it's made in Vienna or whatever it, it doesn't matter at all yeah exactly and then is there anything um, exciting coming up with the hotel any projects that you're working on that you can maybe talk about a little bit yeah we are working on a like collaboration with like Artec um, designing a product, let's say, for them, with them, and launching it during like a huge, let's call it like summer fest, um, at the end of September. Yeah, we'll present something then. Uh, so the so. one of the managers of Vitra just found this place over a cycling podcast, and, and I was mean, inspired by fictional nations. Yeah. So yeah. and he was like. 
Okay, he's obviously seen a lot of hotels already, but this was for him a little bit different and he started doing Instagram stories in our showroom, in our garage, and all of a sudden his friends and other people just commented his story with hashtag outer disco. You're at, you're at home at the BBC guys and he didn't know what's going on because he never heard about it. So he asked his friends in Vienna, who is this? And they said, yeah, that's Marvin and his crew and they're doing the hotel and they do BBC together. And yeah, and now we have an Arctic room and we have some Arctic elements in the restaurant, and which is cool because uh, they have timeless design as well from the 1950s, Ava Alto and all it. This is also kind of, it get, goes along with the philosophy of the hotel as well, timeless things as well. Sorry, can you guys just clarify kind of how you work together and what you each do? Pink and the brain, huh? Who's <laughs> <laughs> pinky, who's the brain? Yeah, that's the that's <laughs> question like we have every depends. time. Yeah, what are we doing? Like, I'm doing like almost all kind of things that are visually. So from designing the product, and sometimes taking the pictures. So, um, yeah, working on social media, working on the website, working on the shop, like all these kind of things, like lots of things that uh, are boring too, but yeah. And yeah, Marvin is like here in the hotel. And I bring the towel for him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm just the driver. I'm just the driver. I'm just the driver. I mean, we, we sit in the car when we travel somewhere and then we just starting to our philosophy and then, yeah, yeah actually the outer disco thing is a cool thing. Maybe, yeah, why not putting disco? I mean, we philosophy about things together, we put spirit into it and we just decodes all our visions that we have into a visual raster and this is what comes out at the end. Yeah, yeah and then there are just like things that are split up, like things who cares more or like uh, about the production kind of thing. So Marvin is doing a lot of these kind of things, talking to Italy, this and that. And a like little bit the financial stuff, a little bit the production, the community, the people. I probably, I think that one of my main job here as well in the hotel is probably connecting certain people. And is, is the hotel owned and operated by you guys or? Yeah, by, more or less by me. Yeah. And Winnie puts the tries to explain it in visual in a visual language yeah and we are so bad like in other kind of things that we need help from a lot of friends so we have like people who help out with uh, photography sometimes or even wording or like writing copywriting stuff. like this is like we have a very hard kind of Daniel thing. who is in, in LA helping us out every free minute that he could spare for us but yeah, it was a fun project at the beginning. And then BBC is still a baby shoe and the hotel is now, we're running the hotel now for nine years and finally it's it's a place that everyone knows here in Vienna and especially also of course the tourists. And, and yeah, BBC is just a second project now. and It's connected, it's one thing. It's really brilliant because the place is called Brillantengrund and yeah. our company is called Brilliant Brilliant. Just another partner, actually we have another partner who, who came up with this idea, let's call it Brilliant Brilliant. And yeah, we, we thought a lot of like, how should we actually name the brand? So uh, this was a problem because like, it was called Unicorn, we kind of liked it, we had the hotel, it was a nice connection, but like try to like copyright the Unicorn, no chance at all. 
and um, so like a lot of I think it took a year or something yeah. going through so many are options. Are we really calling we ourselves like BBUC? We were just like calling it BBUC, found out that it's still like that we are able to like get a copyright on it and stuff like that. And so it's kind of like a, this little BBUC total abstract thing. If you don't want to know anything about it, this is for you. But if you look behind the scenes, you there's a story about it. So it's not some generic brand, blah blah. Yeah. This is, so. I think, another part that I really like on the name and on the logo that Vinny is doing is trying to visualize the whole thing into certain codes like we have the wave of the logo which is actually the entry of our hotel room and if you see the the colors of our hotel is pink and then you have yellow so you have white and pink and then if you have the BBUC logo itself which is really brilliant and the UC is the horse feet of Horseshoe. Horseshoe of the unicorn. But it's also like a play on like a copyright, copyright. symbol. So it takes its spot like a little hidden in there, but it's just a detail. So some people see just BB, some don't get it at all, but it doesn't really matter. So that's a really nice little touch. Yeah. I gotta start checking stuff out way more intensely. Like yeah. Staring at things. That, that, that's the thing. If people start with one question, then they continue asking. So, next thing and the next thing. And that's how we want to build up a relation to the brand, to the other people. This is Radio 502. This is Radio 502. I've started recording. Have you started recording? I'm recording through external mic anyway, but I don't think I can. Maybe we can't both record at the same time. Okay. No, I can't. I can. I can no longer record. But if you're doing it, that's fine. Cool. How's it going, man? Yeah, man. Pretty decent. Pretty decent. What have you got to chat about? What are the What are the top things that you've been seeing recently? Yeah, not been too bad. I guess sick things that I've seen recently. My three items. My three things for the on the meeting agenda um so first is the snow peak london store sick shout have you is it even open yet maybe it's not even open yet no so i feel like but it's like they've started to do social media and like stuff like that i just feel like it's going to be one of those where it's like the is in regent street which is just another slightly odd area to have chosen i feel but i guess fine and not even like kind of like not even regent street regent street you know the pinarello shop where a friend of the pod matt works yeah i do he uh it's like two doors down from that two doors up from that sorry uh, okay but i'm thinking from a snow peak mindset it's like oh it's within kind of yeah that's a five true minute walk and from like i guess like is... raffer and stuff like that as well but yeah um, that's the point yeah yeah it's going to be four thousand three hundred square foot it's gonna have a cafe inside and I've been closely following the Instagram. It's really like, it's really interesting. Like just to, like, I feel like it's going to be hype, 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 hype. Do you know what I mean? Have you tried to blag a ticket to the opening event? Uh, no, not yet, but I'm not here. I'm, I'm away on, on the day, on the third. I won't be here for Thursday or the Friday. Didn't even want to go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's just going to be, it's just going to be unbelievable, isn't it? Like, I just love that 
if you want to buy a £40 titanium spork, you can do. Like, But I don't know if it's going to be a bit played out because the whole fun of it was the fact that, and again, this is me being a total fucking snob dickhead about things that are unattainable or always the best things or things that are really difficult to get and you have to get someone to proxy it or you have to go on holiday to a specific place to get a certain thing, make things slightly more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess it's more like lifestyle Like, they always had that bit in Good Hood where you go downstairs and it would mm. be like, oh, maybe I'll buy this chair and then it's 500 quid and it's a camping chair and you like it, can't I? Or like, it'd be quite cool to have a mug, but it's, like, it's the kind of thing where if you actually took it out somewhere, it would be sick. Like, if you went camping and had some Snow Peak stuff, that would be really cool. But if you're just like bussing it out of the office, it's very, you know, it's very graphic design and meme. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm an art director, yeah. I'm a graphic designer. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, all the art directors that I used to work with and graphic designers did have some sort of enamel mug and or Snow Peak thing mm. littered on their desk to be like, oh, oh, oh this, oh, it's a titanium mug from Snow Peak. <laughs> yeah. It's Japanese. Yeah. It's actually Japanese. It's like, all right, mate, chill out. Do you think Snowpeak is the IKEA for uh, graphic designer, art directors, and hipsters? I think it will be with the size of this new store opening. I think before that, it's a bit, I don't know. It's really weird. I I don't know why it's in Goodhood, which is, I mean, I get it because Goodhood are fucking cool guys, but it doesn't make sense. It's not street wary enough, in my opinion, for it to be there. But I suppose they do lifestyle shit, so that kind of is where it makes sense. Mm. I think, yeah, let's do, let's do, uh, bar, uh, I was going to say bar for bar, but I don't really know if that makes sense. But yeah, no, you, go, you do one. Bar for you bar. Do one. Hender Scheme. Tell me more. They are a company, uh, do you know what? I don't know much about them. All I know is that they make trainers out of premium leather and it's untanned, mm. undyed, untreated. So the wearing is very natural. The creasing is very natural. And the silhouettes are usually... Uh, very iconic ones. So they've done the Jordan 1, they've done the NMD, they've done the Air Force 1. I think they did a Presto, that was fucking sick. And yeah, most recently, that. which is what made me mention this, is they've done a Croc. Yeah, yeah. And it's... um, and it, It's a mad thing. Uh, That's what it is. James, James from Falling up, Failing Upwards had them? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them on him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look fucking mental. Um, yeah, I just... I don't think I would part with that sort of money for... Bruh. <laughs> well, like... talking about Goodhood though, they had a pair of the. I'm gonna get this yes. wrong. I think it's a Jordan Free. They had when they did those, and that was like amazing because the Presto looks sick, and, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. I didn't think the NMD actually like suited that tan yeah. leather chill kind of vibe as well. But the Jordan Three looked so good, and it was such like a nice version of it. I was like, that's sick. But I remember going in a couple months later, and you could kind of like. It is kind of too expensive to have a display copy of, but there was a very much a, the one the one shoe that they had out was like the display one and it uh, people's hands colored a little bit yeah, yeah just from like I guess like like a hundred people touching it a day or whatever do you know what I yeah, mean? yeah yeah like, and like trying it on and like yeah one foot being a bit more fucked than the other so yeah. I've just quickly googled it they did the three they did the, the three looks fucking sick by the way they look banging the four also looks very nice they've done a ZX five hundred. Yeah. Uh, and MIP08, which looks very similar to like a Marjola Gap. Maybe, no, that's actually very wrong. It looks more like a vintage runner. They've done, I think that is a Vans Classic or Era. And they've done a Shelto. And that one there looks like the Marjola Gap or just any pair of vintage Gats. So they're, they did some really nice shoes. But yeah, the pricing is like, 
800 to like, well, they start at 500 and they go up to like 1800. And that's, I'm guessing these, yeah, StockX. So that's probably, there's a pair of Hender schemes here on Farfetch for $1,500. So whatever that is in wherever you are in the world. But yeah, that's kind of mental. Talking of footwear, I can see that you've got Stepney Worker Club Brain Dead. I think that is. Just really fuck with the collaboration, man. It's just they're like, it's not so. You know, like a lot of collaboration, like it is very much like they've gone to Brain Dead, like John Adershu, and they've gone, yeah. You don't often get collaborations that are like way more than that conceptually anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally agreed. Which is fine. But I think this is just a really, really nice tweak on a shoe that they might not have done so they've done this like thick suede upper oh no it's a boucle sorry it's a boucle wall so it's like that kind of like fluffy boiled wall with like hiking eyelets and like a hiking style lace and just i'm a big stepney workers club fan anyway and this is just like the right brand to have done something with in brain dead and it turned out really 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 nice as well and he's just there like it's a slap man it's just it's just nice, like... That's pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, they're, just, they're, it's very big, much a... Big fanboy. I think, I, mean? I think you definitely, definitely are one of the first people that I need to have one. I know you're so cool, so I think we just Thanks, have to slide that in there. Um, are they still based in Stepney, or is that just a... I think so. They go around um, just shooting loads of 35mm, and that's in, basically their t- entire Instagram feed is they just run around shooting shit just put like loads and loads and loads and loads of posts up of just them taking nice 35 mil pictures of stuff and then they'll do like other things as well obviously but yeah man they just, and they blew up real big and real quick as well uh, yeah, i felt that way so i felt you just kind of mentioned them and then a few weeks later they were stocked in goodhood and then most recently when we went to go and visit our friends at benet culture in birmingham we yeah. saw them there and now That's they're true. kind of every i think they're in oipoloi Maybe you should hit them up, man, if they're down the road, potentially. Yeah, no, potentially, you're right. I bought my dad dad a pair for his birthday, and he was uh, like, so... Talking of cool guy brands that are also popping up everywhere, Wako Maria, Guilty Parties. Oh, man. Straight out of Japan. Yeah, one of the... This is a very you brand, actually. Well, let me tell you about their extensive SoundCloud history, and or maybe it's MixCloud. They have all these really weird but really good, like... Slightly bizarre reggae right mixes, and it'd be like a Lee, Scra- Lee Scratch Perry kind of tribute. This no, could be really way. embarrassing if I've got this wrong now. And then I think, the, like, I love it because they just chuck guilty parties on stuff in that kind of workwear prison style kind of lettering. I don't know if prison yeah, style, yeah, yeah. but like lettering. But you know what I mean, where it's like almost like a stencil. Yeah. And yeah. then um, I think one of the guys that runs it used to be a, a professional footballer, but. I don't know. I'm a, I, I like it a lot as well. Yeah, as in soccer. And he's just like a interesting guy. And I think interesting like branding like and yeah, makes six definitely, shirts. Definitely. What do you think? What? How come they're on your list? Um, well, to your point, they have a SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com forward slash killer dash tunes dash broadcast, which I think is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely going to like something. So I'm going to go back to that later. Um, yeah, just everything about them is on point. In fact, a friend of mine, funnily enough, a guy that had a titanium uh, snow peak mug, mug on his desk mentioned this brand to me when I first went to Japan. So that was 2016. And for him to be like this, he's, he's like a slightly older dude. And for someone to be like that, 
if they're like 19, 20, whatever, you can kind of understand like your entire world is Garms and all that sort of shit. Like you're caught up in the hype. Whereas this guy is a mid thirties man with a kid and a wife and a mortgage. And it's like, this yeah. brand has got to be quite serious for you to get excited like this over it. So it just so happened that I found the store. I wasn't even looking for it, to be honest. I kind of forgot and kind of gave up. And there's so much shit to do that you just get lost, don't you? But we came across this store and it was fucking mental. The fabrics were amazing. Uh, the silhouettes were amazing. The store itself, the layout was brilliant. It wasn't that big and it wasn't in like a super hype area. But the people in there were really nice. Like a lot of the other stores that you may think about when you think about Japan are quite actually pretentious maybe or they probably have so much past in trade that they don't really care about you being there and it's a bit like come on man i've come from the other side of the world i don't don't expect you to roll out the red carpet but like oh hey you're clearly not from here like what's going on man like how's your day been where are you off to but i I can also understand that being a very fucking tiresome conversation time only fucking 20 minutes but anyway the garments were fucking mental they're just crazy materials beautiful little details of like even the the pearl buttons on the hawaiian shirts were like were engraved and they still had like the pearl iridescentness to them which looked really sick Sick, um they're just the price point is through the fucking roof but understandable i don't think they make many of anything that they have is there any like any any pieces in particular that caught your eye recently there is a load of shirts with a tiger on which sounds fucking shit but it's basically imagine the tiger that would be on a tattoo of like a yakuza mob god and they've done it in like loads of different loads of different colors and it looks fucking amazing but it's like 350 pounds and i currently do not have that sort of cash to be blowing on a shirt that i'll wear a couple times a year because you don't want to put a jacket over it and it's a bit too nice to be wearing every day oversized on a t-shirt so it's like well how often are you gonna wear that in like yeah it's sick but i've got my saved search on ebay and maybe something will come up but most likely not um all right man what's next in the docket heresy heresy london banging brand so i just shot an editorial well i didn't shoot it or style it in fact this time uh sort of slightly a little bit art direction a little bit of production on my part for this um editorial for issue two and Heresy was one of the brands that we um, we used. Two really sound guys working out of Deptford. Mm-hmm. And just they built the whole branding and image around, like, British folklore, which sounds okay. a bit, like, weird. And it is a little bit weird, but it's like, like the way they've done it is really, really nice. So they've got a load of, like, really cool graphic tees. And if you remember from when we were talking to uh, Hamill and Vimmel at Ben A., yeah, they were like I think they stocked them early as well, and it just really nice. Everything they do is like really put together nicely. They've got like nice little logo, like the artwork's tasteful, and it's like I think a lot of it is sustainably or at least like reasonably ethically produced. But they don't really mention anything about it. It's just like that's how they do it as a standard rather than it be like this is our recycled tea. Or whatever, yeah, yeah, that's quite. And they've nice. just done a really banging um, Arctis collab, and they've like, it's I don't know if it's a traditional camouflage they've used, but they've done like a bag, like a kind of, it's like a fisherman hat shape, but it's like if you bought that kind of shape of hat from a military surplus store. It I'm looks on there now bit. actually, so they they've got a smock, a tote combat trousers yeah. and it's called and the, an omen boonie 
So yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it literally is really? the shape of a uh-huh. actual like Vietnam esque. Yeah. Hat. And the the what got me about it was that the camo is so nice. It's such a nice like different really kind sick. of camo. They could have just chucked like any old woodland stuff on there or like a one of those Norwegian rain camos or whatever it is. But yeah, it's just a really nice, really nice thing. It reminds me it. a bit of um, the Stone Island tortoise shell camo, slightly. Mm, yeah, like a little bit of painted that. like kind of with a lot of sponge and different different colours. I think that was that was really beautiful actually. That camo, yeah, you're right. You can kind of put that on on anything, which would be cool. All right, and then obviously no intro could be finished without me talking about a kind of guys and what they're fucking doing at the moment. I swear I should be on some sort of commission or just please give me some free shit. Um, so <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you've been following them as religiously as I do. I mean, I doubt it. I don't know, like, yeah. I, I flick through the emails, but, like, yeah. I feel like you're number one fan. But even their emails are really tastefully done, don't you think? Like, it's just yeah. the perfect balance between being funny, being artistic and creative and actually having a good product. Like, it's 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 short and concise and to the point. There's a beautiful photo that's going to catch your attention. And you're like, oh, shit, there's actually a cool product in there. It's like a really well composed email something like that's sick then you click it and it's like we've done a capsule collection with our favorite italian pizzeria in the north of new york it's like yeah. fucking amazing brilliant although the one thing i didn't understand with that is they did a long sleeve tea which was screen printed and i'm not joking it was about 150 pounds for a long sleeve tea which is just like what it's a bit like, fucking piss taking it so they, they did that they did like a cap which was fucking sick and yeah. then more recently they did some really beautiful italian wool overshirts which were just a banging style but they sold out and that's probably good because i don't have any money for them anyway but right yeah yeah i'm kind of definitely definitely on the on the kind of guys wave as ever and the one that got me was the kohaku cardigan yeah it's just got a little tight i don't know if they like I like. I love it. I love it as a piece, right? I think it's really beautiful. It's like the. It's like a kind of like almost like a shawl cardigan, but without a real proper shawl collar. Two little pockets and a, just a really nice, nice little tie. It's like a woolen short kimono. No? Yeah, it's like a it's like a kimono cardigan hybrid thing, and I think it's yeah. very. I've never seen one in person, but I'd imagine like with most of the stuff, it looks way better in person. I don't think they do a good 100%. job with their their e-com photos personally. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Hit me up with the sales start, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's it. This is 502 Radio. 